Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And this is part four of the Keegan Odyssey, where we look back at Kevin Keegan's 2018 autobiography, My Life as a Mouse. Or something like that, was it? Yeah. <laughs> the little mouse that could. Um, we're still in his childhood, unfortunately. This is going to go on for months and months, I think. Mm. Um, we're he... still in his childhood, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so Welcome to the show, folks. <laughs> <laughs> listen, the numbers are dwindling as mm-hmm. only the, the hardcore Keegan enthusiasts continue to listen. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's He speaks of suffering from a weak chest as a toddler. He had bronchitis and croup. I don't think they do croup anymore. Do they still do croup? Don't know. Don't know. Sounds a bit old fashioned. Uh, it is a. It is a. Uh, I keep making the same point, really. But the more you hear about the obstacles that yeah. Kevin Keegan overcame yeah. in his life, yeah, it's the and the devotion the tour, he put to it all. Yeah. It's like it's uh, today, you will still get footballers who are from humble backgrounds who make it in football. Yeah, you do still get that, of course, but. There's such a big scouting network that it's uh, you're spotted so much quicker on the whole, yeah. And you just quickly get fast tracked into, you know, you're you're in the system. You're in the system from the moment you fucking kick a ball. Yeah, you're just you're in the fucking system. You're being driven to to train in some outrageous training facility, which is like a luxury fucking five-star spa hotel yeah. every day. There's no cleaning boots. You're getting massages. Do you know what I mean? Are we saying it's better now or worse now? I'm just saying that it's, it's different. you don't get people like Keegan anymore who have put the amount of commitment and effort into getting where they want to go and as we in, probably in see in this episode if we get around to doing yeah. all of it we'll we'll find out the, some of the stuff he went through but um, oh hang on the croup was a misdiagnosis fortunately but any chance of a career in football might have been dramatically ended one day at Hyde Park when one of my friends was showing off a newborn arrow yeah. <laughs> Dif- different times <laughs> different times weren't they yeah, if you get a born arrow now, it's like it's got to be decorative, aren't it? You're yeah. keep it on the wall. You're not let it take it out and play. Hey, it. Dave's got a new bow and arrow, and he's gonna. He's, he said that he's gonna show off with it down the park later. <laughs> Who's coming? Nothing could possibly go wrong. Can you imagine, ma'am? I'm just going out. Our Dave's got a new bow and arrow. He's showing off with it. Park. <laughs> Mind what you're doing. My kid said that to me. Okay, you are not fucking setting foot out of the house. And I'm call- I'm actually calling the police. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says he fired. The bow and arrow into the air, and when I looked up to see where it had gone, I lost it in the clouds. Oh, shit! I stare, you just ducked when you crouch duck cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I, Keegan. Not Keegan. I, I resolved st- to catch it in my teeth. I still had my face turned to the sky as it came down, and it hit me just right beneath my eye. Fucking hell! Jesus Christ! I could have lost my eye if the impact had been a few millimeters higher. 
and it left a little black scar where part of the arrowhead had broken off beneath my skin. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> the, the, this, doesn't, this doesn't make sense in terms of if it had gone up that high into the clouds that he couldn't see it. By the time it came down, it would be travelling at such a velocity yeah. that even... I mean, people say, don't they, if you dropped a pea from the top of the Empire State Building... It would kill a man. It would kill a man. And if you... But this is an arrow, and it's coming down from the clouds. Now, yeah. Andy, I'm not... Neither of us are professional meteorologists. Not yet. But how high are the clouds? Well, the cl- height of clouds depends on type of cloud no, and I think, weather conditions. I, I think they're regular. Oh, 400 feet, then. Yeah, 400 feet. So it's gone up at uh, 400 feet, uh, otherwise it. known as cloud level. I'll just Google it. Then it's fucking tumbled down from that height. An arrow. An arrow with an arrow head. And it has made impact with the young Kevin Keegan's face. Just, and he's telling me that it can go straight through his fucking skull. I'll, I'll just Google what it. What is it? 400 feet. Is it? Yeah. Right, you're right. <laughs> And it's gone straight for his fucking skull. That's no, what would have happened. No, but that's what... They, if it had gone that high, I'm not saying he's bullshitting, but if it had gone that high into the sky to clouds, at uh, Cloudland, yeah. and then turned around cloud and land? fucking... Cloudland? yeah. <laughs> and fucking tumbled down at such a velocity, it would have easily pierced the child's head. Yeah. Gone straight through. But what has actually happened is the tip of it has impacted and gone under the skin. And that's all. It's, and like, else. Su- it's like he really is Superman. Yeah. Like he's made, he's got a titanium skull. Mm. So that's what he says. Uh, the arrowhead broken off under my skin. He said it was there for twenty years, and I expected it to be forever until I moved to Germany to play for <laughs> Hamburg. <laughs> different different yeah. level altogether. Where they had the best they had the best arrow face doctors in the world. Well, this is what he says. He invited one of the neighbours around. It turned out he was a cosmetic surgeon, oh. and he arranged to have the little flex from that arrowhead removed. 20 years it had been in there, like a time capsule. So the body ejects foreign bodies, it, doesn't it? It like tries that? to, yeah. If you've got a little bit of broken glass under your skin, it will eventually it push it out. Push it out. It'll, it'll, it'll try, the but. The body is a marvellous thing. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's a self healing mechanism. It is self defending. Mm. Um, so, yeah, his, his, his next door neighbour turned out to be a cosmetic surgeon. You'll never guess what. Horst <laughs> from next door. From you know Horst from next door from the uh, Ausenblaken family. <laughs> you know the Ausenblakens? <laughs> ah, well, Horst, the dad of the family, he's going to take the arrow piece out of my eye. <laughs> Horst, the man. <laughs> the, you know the man one? The man one. <laughs> <laughs> the man one. The man one that drives the car. You must have seen him. <laughs> he's some kind of surgeon. Uh, <laughs> I've been round his garage and he says he's going to take the arrow out the eye. No charge. <laughs> I have to have a special drink first. It'll put me to sleep. I'm sure it'll be fine. I told him, don't concern, don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So after that... There's a significant development in, in KK's footballing career. He says, another time, Dad came home from the pub to announce he had been drinking. <laughs> Good stuff. drinking. <laughs> He'd been drinking with someone who had a contact at Doncaster Rovers. Oh, fucking hell. I've been drinking with someone who's got a contact at Doncaster Rovers. <laughs> and I've fixed up a trial for oh, you, Kevin. Oh, God. All I had to do was turn up at Bellevue at half past six the following evening and my name would be down. Go looking smart, he said. <laughs> a top hat and tails, I think. Yeah. I shined my shoes as shiny as they could be and I went down to Bellevue half past six the next evening on the dot. 
<laughs> it was my schoolboy dream to play for Doncaster, but when I turned no. up, the place was deserted. Oh. So, I mean, you know... There that. wouldn't be a trial at Stadium anyway. That's the first. This fucking pub bullshitter in yeah, Doncaster. That's uh, what I think oh, about. I couldn't help but over here. Your uh, son is a keen footballer. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, buy us a whiskey... And I'll tell you how I can get him back in at Donny. I've got a mate, Donny, and if you, yeah, I'll have a pint as well. Don't mind if I do. The whiskey can be a chaser, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got a mate. They do trials every Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to go down well, half six. Where do they do it? Well, where do you bloody hell think? At, at the, the football stadium. stadium, on the pitch. Just <laughs> you get yourself down half six. Get him dressed up smart, top hat and tails. Yeah, put on his full Sunday best. Wear a tie or they won't let him in. And send him down there and, you know, it'll be all Mention good. me. Yeah. Uh, Roy. Uh, Ron. I'll, I'll Ron yeah. a, my name's Ronnie Footballs. <laughs> and I'll have a packet of peanuts while you're at it, please. <laughs> my name, yeah, is Top Soccer Talent Spotter. <laughs> Sister Mary. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Sister Mary. He came home one day to say that he'd been drinking in the pub with a mysterious nun. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, apparently all the other boys had arrived much earlier and gone off somewhere for the trials. Yeah. Oh, they must have got here early. That'll yeah. be it. It might have been six o'clock on a Tuesday. I think Thursdays might be half six. Oh, sorry, I got sorry muddled up. That. Sometimes they go home early because sometimes the trial goes really, really well and uh, <laughs> the man in charge, he just says, right, good news, everyone. We're taking you all on. Yeah, we're going to now, start a new let's team. Let's go for sweets. <laughs> <laughs> As a special reward to celebrate your professional footballer contracts, we're all going to the sweet shop. So, yeah, they arrived much earlier and gone off somewhere else. So, I don't know if his dad went back to the pub and saw the fella again. Yeah, well, no, he can't go again. He only get one chance. Sorry, that's just how it is. I can't, I can't like, recommend him again. Sorry. Uh, no, they're, do- they're not doing any more trials. They've got enough. They got like 15 players last time they did one. They got a brand new team. They all had some sweets and now there's no more trials. They're starting up Doncaster uh, Rovers. uh, Two. Yeah. (laughs) Doncaster United as well. All all the different team names. Yeah, there's no no more trials. No, uh, sorry about that. Um, (laughs) So he says, either my dad had given me the wrong time or it was duff information from whoever he was having a pint with. A little bit of naivety from Kevin there, I think. Yeah, but as it's he an says, endearing quality of his, but he never loses it, unfortunately. As he says, whatever the mix-up, I was devastated and mm. there was no invitation back. Got it. He then leaves school and gets a job in a company called Peglers, which is a brass works in Doncaster. Mm. This is July 1966, and as he says, the country basking in the glory of England's World Cup triumph. Still only 15... Um, and he was supposed to be an office clerk in their central stores. In reality, he was just the tea boy and the messenger. And he says it was certainly an eye-opener for a naive kid straight out of school to listen to all the factory girls when they started gossiping and, worst of all, plotting my initiation ceremony. I wonder what kind of gossip the factory girls... Fanny powder? Fanny powder chat, yeah. yeah. fanny powder talk, wouldn't it? it would have been. Yeah, sand. Have you heard about that new fanny powder they're getting over from America? It's all the rage. There's a shipment coming in at the docks next week, 3am. I'm going down to get me some. Terry from the pub said he could get us some. <laughs> Ronnie Footballs. <laughs> Ronnie Footballs. He He's going to get us some. He, he drinks in the pots and hounds. He said he could get some on the, on the cheap. Oh, apparently it does wonders for your fanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fanny needs a lift. It needs perking right up. <laughs> These 1960s are playing havoc with my fanny. <laughs> All the liberation and everything. All the sexual liberation's getting to me fanny. <laughs> I need some of that fanny powder. 
but it's dead dear. <laughs> oh, not if you speak to Ronnie Footballs. <laughs> You'll get it on the cheap. Get down the docks. <laughs> He's selling it in bags. <laughs> you don't sell it in a box, you just sell it in bags for you. Sells it in small bags. Some of the fellas are using it nowadays as well. If you take your own paper bag down, he's got like a scoop and he just gets it out of the tub and he'll put it straight in your paper bag for you and he'll weigh it. You don't bother with any of the fancy packaging or anything. <laughs> That's how he keeps itself cost effective. <laughs> as a young lad, I used to listen in on these conversations with starry-eyed wonderment. I had no idea what fanny powder were at the time, and still don't, if I'm honest. There was something in Germany, man, that Horst used to always offer up to me and the missus. <laughs> so they called the it garage. Frankenschnauzen. <laughs> it was dead smoky, like a smoked sausage. Now, he used to play Operation, but it wasn't like the Operation board game I used to know. <laughs> We'd actually go into the garage and, like, he'd, 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 he'd pick bits out of his body with the tweezers. Ah, Herr Keegan, you're just in time for a Frankenschnauzen. Please, bitter, sit down. And where is your beautiful wife? We put some aside for her and her as well. <laughs> we also have some Zafani powder we have imported from the United States. <laughs> I trust it is to your liking. <laughs> <laughs> so he says um, the go- gossiping and worst of all plotting my initiation ceremony oh god wait until Christmas they kept saying <laughs> ah, we're gonna bomb you silly <laughs> I asked the men in the office what they meant be careful came the reply <laughs> at Christmas they'll get you strip you and grease you all over oh god <laughs> really sounds alright <laughs> oh no oh, oh well in for a penny in for a pound <laughs> this was much much more advanced to anything I was used to because I'd <laughs> never got any further than varicose veins but he rested on me <laughs> on me back but I knew I was an adult now living in an adult's world <laughs> and I had to go along with literally whatever I was told to do I grabbed it with both hands <laughs> And the next line after the greasing bit, he says, it wasn't how I had envisaged my life panning out. (laughs) As if that was something that he would have envisaged. The only games I was getting at the time was for a local youth club, Edfield House, on Saturday afternoons, and for the Lonsdale Hotel, a pub team in Doncaster Sunday League. My dream of playing professional football looked shot, and one of my new colleagues, Harry Holland... Yeah, it's uh, Harry, Harry Holland, yeah. <laughs> Harry um, Holland. Holland, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Asked if I fancied having a go with the Peglers workside on Saturday mornings. It wasn't even their first team. Fucking Peglers now. Reserves. Peglers Reserves. What was Peglers again? It was a, a Brassworks, so he's playing for the Reserves at a Brassworks. Yeah. It was the Reserves on a sports ground that was about as flat as a Lynx golf course. I was given a tatty number 10 shirt, which was about three sizes too big for me. And though I did have a couple of run-outs for the first team, that was only when somebody was injured. Fucking it was always hell. made clear I would be straight back in the reserves once everyone was fit again. Who did they eight, think they eight were? Years, eight years later, he signed for Liverpool. He was playing in Liverpool. But, I mean, first team it was clearly a closed shop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you get that all the time in football. I mean, I don't want to sound bitter, but, you know, at school, at primary school and secondary school, there's like a set of lads. Mm. They're usually mates. Now they're it's very often, out. They're often matey with the yeah. with the with the head of PE or the yeah. PE, and it's a fucking closed shop. Okay, it's like England under Sven Goran Eriksson. <laughs> it is. You know England under Sven Goran Eriksson, right? Yeah. No, look. Let me say for the record, there was no way 
no way I was good enough to even be in the B team at secondary school. Okay. I admit that. So I'm not bitter on my behalf, but I did. I watched. Did you stop me trying? I played and I watched and I knew there was other players who deserved a chance and weren't getting it. Yeah. And at primary school, I reckon with injuries, I would have been at that smaller pool. I think I could have got at least a couple of runouts yeah. for the first team. Never got it. But, you know, England under Sven, you know. Beckham, Owen, Lampard, all these players, they, they got the nod and it didn't matter what else you were doing day to day in the Premier League. Yeah. You weren't in the set. This was clearly going on at Peglers because Kevin <laughs> Keegan, uh, you can't tell me that a young Kevin Keegan was not good enough for the first team of a brass Peglers works. was the Sven Goran Eriksson England of the exactly. Doncaster. They probably had a fucking Swedish, a Swedish brass master. Yeah. They're well known yeah. for their brass mastery. <laughs> So they'd probably Harry had to, Holland would have been a Swede. They'd had to have shipped in Harry Holland and some other Swedes to yeah. run the brass works, and they also swiftly took control of the works team, and they had their little inner circle, and you could not penetrate it. My my name is Harry uh, Holland. Holland. I'm not from Harry Sweden. Holland. I'm not from Sweden. Well, why have you got that funny accent then? Ah, it's, it's from because Holland. Because I'm from Holland. It's in fact, Holland my Holland accent. And if you don't believe me, my name is actually Harry Holland. It is not Steve Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. But then... My lucky break came for my pub team, Lonsdale Hotel, one Sunday morning in 1966 when we were playing a side called Woodfield Social and I was fortunate enough to be marked by a guy named Bob Nellis. Oh. Significant. Bob once had trials for Doncaster Rovers, but he was in his late 30s by the time he came up against me and had piled on a few pounds since those days. He was too slow to keep up with me and when he came over afterwards to shake my hand, he told me he'd never been given the runaround like that before. Wow. So something's happened, something's clicked into place. I don't know whether it was the arrowhead kicking in it or that electric yeah. charge I had at birth, but something happened that day. <laughs> Perhaps a combination of the two. And that was the day I, the, the little old Kevin from Donny became Mighty Mouse. You've got a man who had an electric charge surge through his body as a little baby and then the arrowheads put into his body. Nothing could stop him after that. <laughs> I was part human, part robot by that time. Bob Nellis had some contacts at Scunthorpe United, asked if I would be willing to go for a trial. Bob had a deal in place with the club. Ah. Well, that would make it worth his while if he could find them a player who was talented enough to sign apprentice forms. His prize? Well, Bob Nellis would only get ten balls and some free kit for the pub team. So it was, in Bob's, it was worth Bob's while to recommend Kev. He probably recommended fucking everyone. 
on the, on the whole, probably a local pay said as well, wasn't he? Yeah. But I, then again, I, I do respect Bob because a lot of older geezers, when a youngster turns out, especially a very small lad like Kevin was, yeah. and gives you the runaround, takes the piss. I mean, the rites of passages, you get a bloody big kick up the backside. Yeah. Don't never take the piss out of me like that again on the field. That's yeah. where you get a lot of that, don't you? In mm. these sort of, that level you of get football, get that at the podcasting game as well. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of that goes on, and uh, and so he's he could have done that. He could have bullied him. Could have said you didn't show me enough respect. Instead, he said, "I, I like what you did out there. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Well, it's a part, fantastic it's part, opportunity. It's, it cannot be denied. Partly that, but partly thought oh, there could be ten balls and some kit in this for me. Oh, fucking hell! I could have balls coming out my ears by Christmas. I balls coming out my balls. Yeah, I looked at that lad. And I didn't see a lad. I just saw a body made out of balls with another ball for a head. And even his balls were made of balls. And his willy. They were amazing. They were like three <laughs> balls in a row. And then one ball each for your knackers, you know. I can hardly contain myself. He says, Bob even took the trouble to drive me to Scunthorpe in his van. A van made of balls. Get in my van. <laughs> Ball man. <laughs> I'll take you to Scotty, but I've got to stop by the docks on the way to pick up some fanning powder for the wife. <laughs> he says, after a series of trial matches, a cross-country run with the first-team squad and a car park game outside the old showground, that's where the trials will have been done the in the car park. Car park. Excellent. Car park game. Right, you're no, the trialist. Get yourself in the, the car park. pitch. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Now, I'm going to throw a ball at you. I want to kick it. I want you to kick it through the window. Of that Austin Metro. <laughs> he says, after the trial, I was summoned by the manager, Ron Ashman, and given the news that changed my life. So he was taken on as a professional apprentice. Uh, Bob got his free balls, he says. <laughs> and everyone came out quitting. <laughs> yeah. And having spent three months at Pegler's Brassworks learning about the world of taps, ball cocks and toilet fittings. <laughs> <laughs> I handed in my resignation to climb the first rung of the football ladder. Up yours, Mr. Pegler. <laughs> well, it, does, it doesn't go like that. It goes the other way. It didn't matter that my weekly wage, £4.10, shillings, was less than I'd been earning at Pegler's. Why would that bother me? I was a footballer at last, and nothing else mattered. Even if Fred Leatherland, <laughs> the factory floor boss, yeah, it's Fred's... Uh, Leatherland. <laughs> ah, Fred from the Brassworks. Oh, I've got a side business in leather now. What? Are you sure? Yeah, my name's Red Leatherland. Yeah, I just sell raw leather. Down the docks. <laughs> just bring a bag along, I'll fill it with leather. Scraps mainly. It's all misshapen. You'll have to cut it. Whatever shape you need, you have to do that bit yourself. I'm not going to be cutting it all up. That's extra. I'm not a fucking seamstress. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Leatherland, the factory floor boss, told me he was. Uh, he thought I was making a terrible mistake. Fred told me, as blunt as you like, that you'll not make the grade, lad, and followed up that confidence booster by saying I shouldn't waste my breath asking for my job back when it all went wrong. Fred Leatherland, you cunt. What's a cunt? You, so, oh, Mr Leatherland, Mr Leatherland, I've got some marvellous news. What is it, mouse? With regret, I have to hand in my notice because I've been offered a professional footballer contract by Scunthorpe United. I hope you wish me well. No, I will not, Kevin. <laughs> I will not wish you well, you little shitbag. First of all, let me tell you something loud and clear. You will never make it. This will end in failure. And when it does, don't come and ask for your job back. <laughs> Why not? I've always worked hard. I hate you, Kevin. <laughs> I you despise had your you with every inch of my body. You had your chance at Pegless and you blew it. You <laughs> followed your dreams instead. No one crosses Fred Leatherland twice. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> they call me Fred, one chance Leatherland. <laughs> and you've had your chance now, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off and fail as a footballer. You couldn't even be bothered to stick around till Christmas and get greased up. Where? You little weirdo. <laughs> Where was Fred Leatherland in 1970-whatever it was when Kevin Keegan was accepting his second European Footballer of the Year award? I wonder award. if we'll find out later in the book. I fucking hope so. I dedicated it to Fred Leatherland, the cunt. <laughs> I've, I've never sworn in my life, apart from once. It was on the occasion that Pele awarded me with the European Footballer of the Year in 1978. I got up on that stage and I just couldn't help myself. I said, if you're watching, Fred Liverland, how do you feel now, you big fat cunt? <laughs> <laughs> and I shouted, stupid cunt, as they dragged me off stage. <laughs> Pele were laughing his head off, but some of the Germans were right pissed off. <laughs> Because I said it in German. <laughs> That's eine Kunden. <laughs> I've got a horse to teach me cunt in German. <laughs> Friedrich Lieberlund. <laughs> das ist dein Kunden. <laughs> War is die now. What is your Friedrich? <laughs> All right. That, okay, that, that's enough now, Kevin. <laughs> Honestly, though, he told me I had a mouth for nothing. Look at me now, horse. Yes, I know, but come on. Enough is enough. It is a very special Liv- occasion. Living well is the best revenge, Kevin. <laughs> there's, no need, there's no need to be like this. <laughs> so, um, oh, dear me. So, Kevin uh, got his, his, his apprenticeship at Scunthorpe. He says, it was 24 miles to Scunthorpe and without a car of my own... No problem at all for me. <laughs> I got up at 2am, 25 minutes before I went to bed, without a car of my own and no Bob Nellis to give me a ride. Bob had gone, he just took his van load of balls and disappeared. Last time I saw him, he was down the dock selling balls. Uh, he says, I had to improvise. My routine was 6am, rise, out of the house by 7am, and then a walk across Doncaster to catch the Thorn bus. Uh, I might sometimes drop into the Couplins Cafe where I would get a drink and put on one of my favourite Motown records oh. on the jukebox. The Dock of the Beer by Otis Redding, usually. That wasn't Motown. Mm. I think that was on Atlantic. Yeah, I think that was. It was. It was Atlantic, so. What's, his, think, ghost, what's his ghostwriter been it's doing? It's a little there? bit racist because it's like, you know, one of them black record <laughs> labels like Motown. Dock of the Bay, Otis Redding. They all sound the same, don't they? Uh, I bloody love them, though. <laughs> Sitting in the morning sun <laughs> Waiting to go to Scunthorpe <laughs> And be a big football star <laughs> Who do I think I am? <laughs> it probably won't end in failure Oh, here's my bus, sorry, I've got to go now TTFN <laughs> <laughs> Stick it up your ass, Fred Leatherland. <laughs> I used to change all the words in my favourite Motown numbers. <laughs> to abuse at Fred Leatherland. <laughs> there was no direct bus, but I could jump off a few miles outside Scunthorpe oh, and then I would know. hitchhike the rest of the way. Every day? Every day. He'd hitchhike fuck part of the way between Doncaster and Scunthorpe. Nobody would dream of doing the same now. Exactly. No. You said, fucking what? But that was the norm in those days. It was never long before a milk van or lorry picked me up. Jaden Sancho, for example, <laughs> superstar footballer, yeah. uh, currently plying his trade in the Bundesliga, yeah. a superstar English footballer, yeah. about the same age as Keegan might have been at this stage. Probably never hitched a lift. 
Um, Jaden, we are very happy with your progress in the Borussia Dortmund first team. Many people are saying you are the most promising youngster in Europe. However, we are taking away your club car and there will be no transport provided. <laughs> Plus, we are moving you to a house. 24 miles 24 away. miles outside of Dortmund. <laughs> we need you to uh, get two buses, uh, walk for several miles and then hitchhike the rest of the way every on, day on your way there there's a cafeteria you <laughs> must go in there and put some black music on <laughs> <laughs> we insist this of all our young players anything on either the Atlantic or Motown labels so he says uh, <laughs> it was never long before a milk final lorry picked me up he really ran the fucking gauntlet didn't he of, of 60s pedos well, you, you know, yeah you know that that thing about always give something back always mm. pay it forward when you get mm. some good fortune um, which is something I do as, as mm. someone who like discovers medals and obstacle courses yes I like exactly to, like, you, you know, live by that yeah uh, he says when I was able to afford my own car I always felt I should do the same if I saw anyone thumbing it Ooh. Or at least I did until I had a bad experience with a couple of lads near oh. Keedby Bridge. Oh. <laughs> One of them started smoking and put his feet on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hecking doing? <laughs> That's me dashboard. Get your feet down off me dashboard. That's me only dashboard in what this you, car anyway. What do you think me floor mats are for? Floor mats are for feet, not dashboards. <laughs> One of them starts smoking. What are you smoking? What are you smoking for? There's a sign up. No smoking. Uh -huh. Double Kev's car. Double K. Double K's lungs are pure, pure as the driven snow. I used to have croup when I was a kid <laughs> till I realised it was a misdiagnosis. You can't smoke in me car. That's a filthy hecking habit. <laughs> he says uh, they started getting aggressive. Oh. Fuck off, Grandad. <laughs> hey, 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 no need for that kind of bucket mouthing in Double K's car. Just take us to where we're going. <laughs> I put my feet where I want, you <laughs> permed twat. Oh, that's, that's just downright mean. They start getting aggressive. I was relieved to get rid of them without it getting really unpleasant. That experience put me off picking up strangers for yeah. life. Oh, quite right as well. I fucking. I mean, I haven't picked. I don't think I've ever person. I have picked. I've been in cars that have picked up hitchhikers. Have you? But I have never personally picked up hitchhikers. But you I've know, in, in my defence, you never see them. But Very not rarely. in my defence. If I did see them, I would also not pick them up. Yeah, I'll try and run them over if anything. But you also you, you get scam um, hitchhikers. Do you? My dad told me a story <laughs> that he reckoned he was driving along once, and. Uh, there was a bloke lying in, in a rural area and there was a bloke lying in a ditch, sort of an oldish man. Right. And he looked in distress. So my dad stopped and said, are you all right? Yeah. And he said, no, no, I've I've twisted my I ankle or something. And uh, and he go, and it was before mobile phones. And he said, I, I just need to get to a telephone right. and call my daughter. And, I'm in a ditch. And so he said, well, there's no telephone here. He goes, can you give me a lift? And my dad ended up driving him back and letting him into his flat. I know this sounds like a, an excuse for a homosexual encounter, but yeah. I'm pretty sure my dad's missus was with him, right. his second wife. And uh, he said that in the end, he, he said that he couldn't get in touch with his daughter. And actually, the, the, my dad's house was, re it, it was an inconvenience that they'd gone there because it was really out of his way. And so he asked right. him for like 20 quid for like fares and things he to get home. It. Yeah, no, no the he, fella he did. asked my dad 20 quid. So your dad had took him to his flat, but this was inconveniencing the fella. And the, then... my, dad, my dad gave him 20 quid right. and and he basically to fuck off. Yeah. And then he's it's always rankled with my dad ever since. <laughs> I mean, my dad's brought this up to me a few times, like always as if it's the first time he's brought it up. Yeah. He'll do that with most of his stories. <laughs> 
Yes, a man scammed me once, lying in a ditch he was when I was on the way back from my mother's. It was a and man was, scam. And I was like, oh, no, I'm always like, not this scam, but I'm polite. So I go, oh, really? And I can tell it's really fucking rankled with him. Yeah. He might bring it up in court one day when yeah. he's defending himself. Well, he'd probably want to hunt that man down him and take him to witness. court. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we got time for in this episode <laughs> of the King of Odyssey. It ended on a quite bizarre yeah. tale, but um, mention of court cases leads us to our theme song of uh, the theme from Crown Court. Yeah, which I know does you this all end enjoy. with Crown Court? Everything as well. ends with Crown Court. Shouldn't we be ending this with Head Over Heels no, in Love? Copyright reasons. I'm okay. not going <laughs> to start getting into that. Um, so we'll be back next week with part five of the King of Odyssey. Um, we are now nine percent. Into the, into the book after fucking four episodes uh, this is going to go to 50 episodes we need to be more diligent and, and actually talk about the book a bit more not about my dad's hitchhike, unfortunate hitchhiker encounters probably, probably right Sam yeah anyway thanks for listening <laughs> bye bye <laughs>